The scripture reading today will be John 21 through 18. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, and one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there. When the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings, then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw the two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was a gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabbani, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go, find my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them this message. Please bow your heads and pray with me. Father God, thank you for bringing us here on this beautiful Easter Sunday as we come together to remember your incredible sacrifice and your great love for us. We praise you for the light of the new life made possible through Jesus, and we praise you for the light of the new life that has shown on the first witness of his resurrection. We lift up Ryan to you as he brings us your word. Surround him and his family with your protection as he serves you each day. Allow us to listen and take his message to share our light of the new life with others. In your heavenly name I pray. Amen. Thank you for downloading our podcast. Make sure to subscribe to get new ones every week. And don't forget to check out First Methodist Sweetwater's website and social media. Now, here is Pastor Ryan Strebeck. St. Gregory, in the end of the 4th century, his very last sermon that we have recorded, uh, that he preached, he opened the sermon this way. And it was an Easter sermon. I thought it was very fitting to share some of this with us today here in West Texas, uh, 1,600 years later. He said, This day salvation has come to the world, the visible and the unseen world. Christ is risen from the dead. Rise you all with him. Christ has returned to himself. Return you all likewise. Christ is delivered from the grave. Free yourselves from the bonds of sin. The gates of hell are opened. Death is defeated. The old Adam is discarded, and the new one has come. If any person lives in Christ, they are a new being. All of you be renewed. What a scene that first Easter Sunday morning at the borrowed tomb which kept Jesus' dead body for three days. 
The cast of the named characters is a very short list. We know there are others there, but this is a short list of those who are named. Mary Magdalene, Simon Peter, and the beloved disciple, who we know as John. Now, if you and I were in charge of orchestrating the spread of the most sacred and world-changing news ever, I promise you we would come up with something more grandiose, more systematic, less risky, and just, I don't know, more marketing savvy than this. Instead, we get this sort of quietly subversive, bubbling orchestration of events, which C.H. Dodd comments that in, in surveying, in a lifetime of surveying ancient literature, there is no other encounter like this. In all of ancient literature, what we see between Jesus and especially Mary Magdalene. This is unique in all ancient literature. And this is the way that we learn that Jesus is no longer in the tomb, but he has risen from the dead. We don't even know that much about Mary Magdalene. We simply know from Luke's gospel that she was one of those who were delivered from seven demons, Luke tells us. Uh, that she left an old way of life and she joined Jesus in a new way of life. She was one of Jesus' disciples, like Peter, James, and John. So why go to so much trouble, John? Why such detail? Given the relative brevity of your gospel account, why such detail about the clumsy ways that these three followers of Jesus interact with the quiet, patient, life-changing news that Jesus is risen from the dead. I believe this morning that such detail about these three underwhelming responses is John's way of inviting us all to a deeper belief in our risen Savior. It's as though John is saying, no matter where you are in your journey of unbelief or belief, the resurrection news calls to you, calls to me this day, and patiently, persistently finds us where we are. And calls us to a deeper awakening, a deeper living in the very presence of God. Now at the setting of the empty tomb, we get three named characters and three very different responses. Which I think as the listeners, we join in immediately as we begin to hear. First, we have Mary Magdalene who is first on the scene. We, we hear that she goes while it is still dark. It's very early in the morning. And she is there. One of the neat things about the way John tells this story is Mary's action in this very first part is all present tense action verbs. All present tense. It just sounds weird to say it in English, so they make it sound like, well, now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene uh, came to the empty tomb and she saw. It sounds past tense, but really the way we would translate it if we wanted it to be a little more accurate, it's like this quiet, dramatic action that Mary goes Mary sees, Mary runs, Mary goes again, and then Mary says what she sees. A lot of anticipation and excitement in the way the story is told. So Mary goes and notices that something is wrong, that the stone is rolled away from the tomb where she last saw Jesus' body. Now Mary was one of the last at the cross. This is one of the key features in her story. She's one of the last people at the cross, and she's the very first person at the tomb to notice that the stone has been rolled away. So she goes quickly. She runs. She hustles to go tell Peter and John what has happened, to see what's going on. 
And so the scene shifts then to Simon Peter and John, who we know well. And for some reason, I don't know, maybe it's track season. It's just like they're, they're running for some reason. And for some reason, John finds it fit to tell us that he beat Peter to the tomb. Uh, so it's just one of those funny details. I don't know. If you were going to make this story up, you wouldn't put that in there. And uh, so John gets to the tomb first. The beloved disciple, he looks. He sees the linens that Jesus was, was wrapped in. And he does not go in the tomb. He pauses. And then the scene shifts to Peter, who gets there second behind John, follows John, but he goes ahead and enters the tomb, and he also sees the linens. And then Peter's response is to go home. He just he went home. He, he didn't know what to do. He didn't savvy what was going on. And so as Peter leaves and goes home, and we see then John looks again. He enters the following Peter, and this time he sees in this great detail that he believes. He believes. John seeing what is not there, who is not there, he believes. And most of the resurrection stories about people believing are when they see the resurrected Lord. In this case, John believes and what he doesn't see. He recognizes that Jesus is not there, and that's enough for him to at least in some measure attach his belief, his trust, his hope to Jesus, to the resurrected Lord. But there's a little editorial note that John tells us that, hey, we didn't quite understand the whole story yet. We didn't fully understand the scriptures at this time, but John still believes. So can you see these different stages of belief and trust and anticipation that we can all find ourselves echoing in our following and in our unbelief and in our curiosity and in our belief in the resurrection of our Lord? And so as the disciples do not yet understand, the scene shifts back to Mary, who the whole time is there when she returns with the disciples, and she's standing there, she's weeping. She's in full expression of grief because all that she had hoped for and all that she had staked her trust in seemed to be gone. Jesus was gone. She thinks somebody stole the body. You know, I came to help prepare him, to, to anoint him for this burial process couldn't work yesterday because it was a Sabbath. So here I am as soon as I can early in the morning and someone's played a terrible trick and they've taken the body of Jesus, she assumes. But she looks inside and she sees two angels. And Mary has a conversation with the angels and they, of course, ask her, you know, why are you weeping? And she says, well, I'm weeping because I came here to see Jesus. I saw his body here, you know, three days ago and he's no longer here and I, I don't know where he went. And they have this conversation between them. And Mary, still in her grief, still in her mourning, still in her bewilderment, she then sees someone behind her. She notices someone, but she doesn't recognize the person that she sees. The person that she sees, we find out, is none other than Jesus, but she supposes that it's the gardener, so she doesn't recognize Jesus. Isn't that another great detail of this story, that... Um, for all of you farmers and ranchers in the crowd and just you uh, hobby gardeners, that, that the resurrected Son of God was mistaken for a gardener, for a farmer. Here in our great drama, you know, we, our story begins in a garden where God is the farmer, where God is growing beautiful things. And now here, as new life is bursting from an empty tomb, Jesus is mistaken for nobody else besides a gardener. A gardener. And she doesn't recognize who it is until Jesus speaks her name, Mary. 
And then you can just imagine as her mourning countenance and her tears switch to a gasp and wide eyes and maybe laughter. And she says to him in a very affectionate name for teacher, Rabunai, it's you. It's you. And, and so she announces to the disciples, she goes, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. Right? I have seen the resurrected Son of God. And it's all going to be okay. This morning, can you see yourself in one of these responses? And, and Peter, who sees enough to be curious, but just doesn't think it's all quite coming together. It's not quite happy with all the details, so it's just time to go home. Or maybe John, who believes, but he's still got a few steps to take. Or can you see yourself with Mary pouring out devotion and listening to the intimate words of Jesus, inviting her to believe and see something different, something new? Don't hold on to my physical body, Mary. I have yet to ascend. This new life is only beginning. And it's going to be different than what you're used to when you walked and talked with me and we ate meals together. This is going to be different. It's going to take a different kind of faith. But neither Mary's nor John's nor Peter's faith is fully developed on this first Easter morning. Another encouraging reminder to us, I think, that the times we don't feel like our faith is fully developed, that's okay. There's time. There's space. There's a call. And the patient, persistent good news will work in all of them over time, as we'll see in the Scriptures, and that patient, persistent good news will work in us as well. Now, Mary Magdalene, again, who we know very little about, last at the cross, first to witness the bodily resurrection of Jesus. What a story. The first one to witness this miracle of the resurrection, to see Jesus' resurrected body, Mary Magdalene. And so it's fascinating that Jesus says, okay, Mary, I need to get word to my brothers. Remember, he no longer calls the disciples servants, but he calls them friends, right? my brothers. He says, go tell my brothers that my God and your God, right? Go tell my brothers this news. So when Jesus wanted to send word to his brothers, to the men who were the disciples, who represented the 12 tribes of Israel, these were God's chosen people who were the representatives to take the message of God's love to the entire world. All the ethnic groups in the world, all the nations represented in these 12 men, the 12 disciples. When Jesus wants to get good news to those 12, he sends one of the sisters. He sends Mary. He sends Mary Magdalene who in God's providence and wisdom carries this great news. This is the most important announcement in the history of the world. If you believe in Jesus, there is no announcement that is more important than this one. And a woman is chosen for this job. A disciple. A less well-known disciple. Because this is how God works. And this morning, you and I are yet to see the many ways the resurrection news will lead us into life. Life in the eternal short term, the here and now. Life in the eternal end of all things long term, beyond this mortal life. We can run from the news. We can hide from the news. We can at moments believe ourselves unworthy of the news. But... 
through conversations and healing, through gathering in this way, through Holy Communion and the living, active Word of God, we can be certain of one thing. This news, this Gospel, will find us. This news will change us. And this news will make us witnesses of the worthwhile journey that is believing in and following Jesus, the resurrected Son of God. Amen.